I'm Samantha Rise, and welcome to Vagina Talks, where we speak about, to, and from vaginas. This is a show of alchemy, where we turn poison into medicine, disconnection into wisdom, and isolated wounds into communal peacemaking. Here's your host, Sophia Wise One. You already know everything they could teach you. You already know everything they could say. We are here to remind you what you already, already, already know. I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that Vagina Talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man, she or him, and that in fact it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal, person to person, and that our bodies, even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary. It's important for me that that's something that has space here on Vagina Talks, and at the same time, I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known, as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true. Just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from. And I just wanted to let you know that Vagina Talks has a much wider understanding and it's a living one. So feel free to chime in as we go along. Without further ado, today's episode. Welcome back to Vagina Talks, my loves. I am Sophia Wise One, daughter of the wind, spider queen. Uh, They call me Sophia, and I am happy, happy to be here with you today. A little update on my life. I have both my sisters have been pregnant this past year, and one of them gave birth this week. So I have been ushered into a new realm. Our family has grown and transitioned, and I am incredibly excited. I'm currently in Philadelphia uh, to be with my family in this time of transition, um, potting up uh, one sister at a time to be part of this time. And I am humbled, I am excited, and I am feeling the energy of new life, the new moon just coming through this new moon that happened probably when you're listening it's going to be a couple weeks ago but this this January new moon this this shifting of times we are we're we are at the turning point my uh my brother and I were talking about we're going to call these babies the turning point babies uh, the children that are coming in in this time this turning point we've decided we have decided this now here these days, these hours, these weeks, these months, these years are the years that the world is turning into the world that we have dreamt it to be. So I want to give thanks to all the babies coming in. I want to give thanks to all the beings that are stepping out of the planet and off of the planet because the birth death door is the same door as I have been taught and as I have experienced. And so this is a time, the turning point time is a time where we are 
coming and we are going and we are weaving something new. So it is a powerful, powerful time, which is what you're going to hear me say on every episode because that is what life is. Life is power. It is potential. It is a moment. It is a breath. Uh, over and over and over again. And it's the remembering of the truth of that that brings us into our center and brings us into our, mm, it's our center and what happens there. Mm, peace. I want to talk about power and I want to talk about peace. Yeah, that's how we come into our peace. We're turning towards peace and we are committing to weaving and creating peace. So thank you for all the work that you've been doing in your families, in your own heart, in your own home, in your own grieving and your raging and your quieting and your courageous and your dreaming and your actions and your stepping into this world. I'm excited to bring, I have a guest today that I'm excited. I'm really excited to bring on because she is the epitome of someone who uh, has has taken that knowing of the own strife and turning it into service and gift. And it's really focused on vaginas. So like double bonus here for us today. I'm excited to bring her in here and have her start sharing her stories. So I invite you to take a deep breath. Give yourself permission to receive whatever you need in this time. You're choosing to listen to this show because you are looking to be fed, to be nourished with knowledge, with an inspiration, with a memory of your own self or with who knows what. So whatever it is that you are looking for, give yourself permission to get it out of this time, whether it comes out of my mouth or Eden's mouth or something that happens while you listen, give yourself permission to receive exactly what you need while you're here with us. Okay, let's bring her on. Eden Edge is our guest today, and Eden Edge is the founder and the CEO of Hygiene, which is a company that provides feminine hygiene care products that are organic, all natural, chemical and toxin free, and made by women. I'm into it. She is the wife of one and the mother of three. She believes in abundance of life and that anything anything is attainable and achievable. A dreamer and a doer, Eden Edge, welcome to the show. It is very, very delightful to be here, Sophia. And I just got to tell you, I feel comfort. I feel comforting right now. I feel very comfort. I feel like crying, but it's a good cry. I, there is such a welcoming spirit right here. I, that is the first time I've ever been introduced as the founder and CEO of Hygiene. And I, I'm going to deem it the best regardless (laughs) of what happens from, from here on out. Just, um, there's, I, I, I feel love. I feel, um, yes. So I, this is going to be very, very powerful. I already know it. Mm. Welcome, Eden. Welcome, welcome. And congratulations. I just, I am so excited for you when I, when I met, uh, Eden and I met through this app that I'm in really into these days called Clubhouse. As, as you all know, I like to talk um, and it's a talking based app. And I am just so excited because your presence, your generosity of spirit is so palpable to me. And you are here to take good care and help people take good care of vaginas. So like, obviously, I am really 
really, really into it. And I'm excited about that growth for you. Like may many, the many, so many blessings on every introduction of the C- founder and CEO of Hygiene. Beautiful. Woohoo. Yes. <laughs> yes. Awesome. So I, I just like, I kind of, it's like, which way do I want to go? I want to ask you a kind of about, but I feel like you already said it. I want to ask you, I'm going to ask you, I am, I'm going to ask you, I want to ask you, what is your, in your vagina, in your womb, in your heart, like in your body right now, what is, what is alive and what is that part of you want to say to say right now? Like what from that place, what does that place in you have to say in this moment? Um, that there's so much beauty in the vagina. Mm-hmm. There's so much beauty in what it does. I mean, like life enters and exits from that one place. Mm-hmm. And um, it should be embraced more you know I typically I've been taught to look at it as a um a body part Mm. and it is but it's so much more it's so much more like I said it's it's the beginning of of like life (laughs) it creates life like it's the, the the entry point for for growth and well-being and all of that, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I And when I feel you speak about that, it's this like the honoring and the like boldness of it. I just had this flash of like, you know how there's just been like sculptures of like men all, all, everywhere, <laughs> all over this country for a long time. I just had this flash of just like, and this is happening anyway, like the vulva art that has been emerging, but like huge, like, you know, 16 foot sculptures of vulvas and vaginal canals and cervixes like opening and, um, you know, and I love all, I love all genitals and they all have a magic to them. And I think as we heal and reclaim and take good care of vaginas, it inspires vaginas. I had this feeling, this feeling that I'm having right now. I was like, vaginas want to bring everything with everyone with them you know I always say like a whole and healed womb gives space for the the entirety of whatever needs to be uh, grow into its fullest right so like vaginas and wombs in their whole state want the best healthiest penises and anuses and digestive systems and brains and bodies and hearts of all bodies and all beings like that's what vaginas want that's what they're made for is to receive and to create and make and to perpetuate them um so yeah that was that's what happened for it got really it got really grandiose as you were talking good good yeah (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it flags and uh shout out to if people don't know and haven't checked it out in london uh i think maybe a couple years ago now a museum opened the vagina museum opened and it's gotten great press and uh and they've been doing awesome work so um eden if you don't know about it i definitely recommend you uh checking them out and any of you listeners uh look up the vagina museum um they've been they've been really embracing and bringing out this this idea of of the imagery the brilliance so that's awesome 
so tell us about um, tell us about Hygiene. Like, what is it, and how did you get into it? Wow. Okay. I mean, right. That's not like a huge question. Okay. Like simple little <laughs> start. You could start. Like, give us a little bit of Hygiene. Like, what that's about a little bit, and then okay. Um, yeah, we'll keep it. Keep it. Yeah. Okay. We'll start there. Okay. Pull it down. Okay, so what Hygiene is, it's a subscription box service that supplies all natural feminine products. And that includes anything from tampons to pads to um, fresheners to oils to um, relieve you of cramps um, to heating patches to washes. Um, to wipes, to liners, anything that has to do with your vagina and the vagina itself. And they are all natural materials um, made with all natural ingredients that are toxin-free. Toxin-free, toxin-free, toxin-free. Toxin-free are not adding toxins. That is not what's happening. Correct. Great. Um, No carcinogens, none. Nothing um, cancer-causing because Um, In case anyone didn't know, that's what a carcinogen is. And um, so no cancer causing products. And I started Hygiene because I found that there were not many avenues to find these products. So it was with me thinking about all the other um, women that would have the issue of, okay, well, when I go into a store, a big box store, I typically see these products, you know? And so of course, by nature, whatever we see, that's what we purchase, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to give an option to purchase other items. So it's like, okay, basically I've created a Walmart, but for all natural feminine products. That's the goal. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's the goal. (laughs) I love it. You're the come come to it, right? You've gathered all of these um, well-made caregiving products in one place, and then uh, and then you send them in a in a box, right? You send them in yes, a box, and you right. can get mm-hmm. get a package. Love it. It's so beautiful. So we were talking a little bit before we got on the show here today, and you started to tell me about kind of the distance. Like you've come a long way, right, from being from being someone who's like, let me tell you about the anatomy of a vagina and a vulva and what is healthy for you. Um, that's not where you started. Uh, you no, 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 <laughs> definitely not. No. Um, <laughs> what I started was what's a vulva. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a car? <laughs> right. Right. No, not Volvo, a Volvo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, 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 uh, you know, I think one of the, a, a powerful place to start, we started to talk about this was, um, menstruation. Did you, were you prepared? Were you, did you know what was going to happen or what it would mean or, any of that stuff kind of how per- I feel like you started to tell me the story. This is the truth. 
Eden started to tell me this story, and uh, and I I was like, I gotta I gotta go, babe. I gotta I, I gotta go. We'll talk. We'll t- let's come back to this. I want to hear this story. So um, bringing it back, Eden, you started to tell me about your um, menarche, your first uh, menstruation, and uh, and uh, I would love if you would uh, tell me tell me about that. Could kind of tell me tell me the story you started. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So here it goes. Um, huh. I was definitely ill-prepared, like on the bottom of bottomest levels. <laughs> I was ill-prepared when I started. I don't even remember if I, I think I just understood that I would start bleeding one day. That was how I understood it. One day you're going to start bleeding. I had never had a discussion with anyone about it. Just, I remember fifth grade talking about it in that one little two-hour sex education class um, that they just kind of crammed everything into, but I I would bleed one day. So I was in seventh grade. Actually, no, I was in sixth grade. I was in sixth grade, and I was at a UGA football game um, with my best friend and his mom, and I go to the bathroom just in there using the bathroom and it's full of people because I mean it's a UGA game and it's full of people and I go to use the bathroom and I pull down my underwear and there's just like just red I just see red Mm. and in my mind I'm like oh no I think uh, I, I think this is what that video was talking about. Right. <laughs> and um, oh. oh no, I, I don't know what to do. Uh, I don't I don't have anything. I don't know where to go to get something. I don't I'm, I'm not even sure if the bathrooms at that time supplied like that vending machine right. with the products. But even then I, I'm diff- I'm standing with okay, what's the liner? What's the pad? What's the tampon? Um So I remember leaving out of the bathroom, like not knowing what to do. And I believe my friend was standing outside of the bathroom where the men's bathroom was. And uh, I I told him, like, I didn't have anyone else to tell. So I was like, I think my period is on because there's a lot of blood. And he was like, well, just and I think we both kind of understood that this was the first time we didn't say it, but he was like, "Well, just go to the bathroom and just get a bunch of tissue." And so I went to the bathroom and I got a bunch of tissue and I, you know, put it in my underwear. And when I did that, first thing is I remember it being the beginning of the game. So this is not like a, a halftime situation. This is like first quarter of a UGA football game, oh, Lord. and I'm sitting here leaking blood I don't understand you know if it's like it's going to come out like this river or like a you know a running faucet I'm not I I don't know I don't know and so that was my first experience of my cycle and just I I don't even remember when I had the conversation with my mom when I got home um I don't I actually remember I think when I got home I think I took a bath and I think I might have gone in her drawer mm-hmm. and found something that I had seen her use, which was a pad. And I remember putting the pad on and going to sleep. 
and that was that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. When you tell that story now, like your present self, and you look back to this young Eden, what do you want to say to her? I would say it's okay. Hmm. I would say it's okay because that Eden was fearful mm -hmm. and that Eden didn't believe that she had the resources for her help. Yeah. I had a mom that lived in my home, but was out of reach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Mm. I want, I, I want to say something to that Eden. Can I say, I'll say it to you and then if, if you want her to have it, you pass it on. She can have it, all right? You get to be her felt. You, just, I'm gonna, you, get to, you get to decide whether or not she gets it. So this is what I want to say to Eden. Little Eden, I want to say, oh, Eden, you're going to grow up and you're going to understand so much of what's happening right now. You're going to really understand it and you're going to help so many people to feel so safe in this moment. And you are going to become a guardian of your body like you've never seen before. And so just like, if you can, just like, just take trust in where you're going. It's good. You become an incredibly strong being and just wrap her up in all of that, all of that wisdom. And I also want to send her, if she would like it, all the all the to all to that little Eden and to anyone else who is in that moment of fear that to be surrounded by angels or ancestors the energy of the the menstruating wisdom council that says that says I know your body and this is a good and holy thing and we're going to take care of you and teach you how to take care of you Well, thank you so much, Sophia. That Eden um, just released. And so she and I are very thankful for those words that she just gave. Like, I intended today to speak on a podcast, not cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is, it is refreshing. And it's, it's, you have a gift. And this is, it's freedom. And I, I, if, if this is what is I'm feeling, I can only imagine what all these listeners mm. are gonna, you know, feel when they hear this. So mm. I appreciate you. Thank you, Eden. Mm, thank you. I feel, I just feel my, I'm repressing my own chest. I'm holding my heart with the beauty and <laughs> yeah, of this moment. I am just so, I'm so grateful that we get to tell these stories to each other and that we get to raise our children and our nibblings and our, and, and each other now, you know, that like we get to tell these stories and then we get to say like, we have more information. I'm feeling really connected to the gratitude of like all of the teachers that have found me and that I've found in my life to be able to sit here with you in this moment, you know, like that is a gift that is such a gift yes mm -hmm. it is so beautiful oh thank you thank you oh my goodness it's so beautiful 
I, uh, do you ha- now, do you have um, an affectionate relationship with your menstruation? That's a leading question. I'm curious what your relationship, <laughs> that's a very leading question. I'm curious what your relationship now is um, with menstruation. So we're in a journey right mm-hmm. now with my menstruation. Um, I suppressed her mm-hmm. for five years. Well, never said that. And I blame myself. Um, what I did was I was 21 when I gave birth to my second child. And my second child, I um, has the same father as my first, but we were not married. And in my community and, and in my faith, that was something that was frowned upon. Mm. And because I was ill-informed and everything, everything was taboo. Instead of me having a conversation about how to live the way they wanted, and I say they because that was the mindset at the time, mm-hmm. um, it was how to live how I want mm. without them knowing. Mm. And where that took me was birth control. Right. And so I decided to um, get the Mirena. And at, this is 2007. And I think it was like something, you know, brand spanking new. Mm-hmm. And just to, get, just to give a, 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 a kind of a side note to this, I come from a disadvantaged uh, community. And so I grew up in a small town. And so because even though there may be some people, my, my parents both worked, we both always had, I mean, they both made sure that I always had, so I didn't lack, I didn't grow up poor. Um, but my community was labeled as a poor community. And because it was, the things that we had access to and the resources were very limited. And um, the the doctors, the nurses, everything was, was, we were kind of like guinea pigs is how I look at it now. And so um, at the time when I received the Mirena, it was new, hadn't even been tested that much, but it was suggested to me. Um, One thing that I deal with in my community, um, I am a minority, I'm African-American, and I've dealt with a lot of um, suppression as far as creating life. Because typically you have a, it's like the cycle of, okay, we're having to supply them with food, you know, with your um, um, government assistance. We're having to supply them with housing. So let's handle that problem by stopping them from having children or as many children. And so I kind of fell into that category because of what I look like. And so I chose to have the Mirena because, I mean, you're telling a 21-year-old that wants to continue having sex unmarried um, but doesn't want anyone to know. So, And you tell me that this thing I can have for five years, mm-hmm. like, sign me up. Right. That was my mindset. And so that is exactly what I did. And so for five years, I... I stopped my, my menstrual flow for five years. I suffocated 
myself, my reproductive system, my vagina, all of that. And so um, after those five years were up, I, which would have put me in 2012, I have suffered uh, my body uh, as far as trying to get my body back on track. It's really taken that long. And so I would love, even now, there are months when I do not see my, um, my cycle, my period. And there's some months that I do. Um, that's why I said it's a journey because I'm still, you know, trying to incorporate, change, alter, improve things that um, give me that back. Thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, birth control, control of the body and the control of people and, um, and, and our creative sexual being, you know, I understand that like these things are, hmm, that they're, it's the intersection between all of those things that have such a powerful um, impact on us, right? Like the story that you tell that, again, I'm like, now it's in a different place, but I'm holding my chest again, this place of like that deep repression, right? That deep, like, how do I get through this with the least amount of judgment, the least amount of ostracization, the least amount of getting, right, the risk of being outed or... Um, injured by your community even more and then you know being turning to a turning to this you know medical community that has historically been incredibly damaging right to to mm -hmm. your lineage and also just right. poor communities in general like that you know so that the both of those landscapes are very in my experience very hard on the womb and the root which is the generative life-giving creation space right and that right that's a that's a lot that makes a sense it makes a lot of sense to me that it's like not just the hormones which i think is one of those things where it's like that's you know if in the most ideal situation where someone's very very empowered birth control hormone based is a costly yet sometimes cost effective liberating choice for people right like there's a space where i think that there, that is the right aligned choice for people at this time, even though I do believe over time, birth control is really going to change its shape as um, as women actually. And people who uh, have the potential to get pregnant are more in control of the research and the creation of those um, tools. Uh, I think they're going to really change and we're going to see more and more evidence that it it's costly to go through this process. And yet the combination of everything that you're talking about has that compounding effect right? Like, right. That's, that's what I hear. It's like on top of, on top of, on top of. Oh, just like honor the compounding of that and the, and the beauty of your patience to kind of walk in the restoration of the, all of that. Because now you have the, the revitalization and the, the balancing of your hormones. And like, I say balancing of hormones kind of like in quotes, because 
our hormonal landscape is something that's shifting as we grow. So like our 30-year-old mm-hmm. hormonal balance is so different than our 20-year-old hormonal balance, right? Like, you know, <laughs> right. so it's like, it's not like we're like balancing isn't to be meant to say that there's some ideal balance that is objective and outside, that like the balance is actually this kind of dynamic living flow, right? And so the process of even without pushing it to extremes, and any pregnancy is also a journey that organically pushes our hormones to an extreme that then kind of finding our balance and restoring from, you know? Um, but the body is designed and to do that in a way that's very different, right? So I just hear all of these, all of these things. So what are, um, what are some things I'm thinking about, you know, you've learned a lot on this journey right? Like you've studied and learned. Yes. And, and so I would love to have you share some of those things that you've learned to help this, like you said, this kind of, you know, this, I don't want to say long because eight years is a long time. And also eight years, if we're talking about healing, ancestral lineage, cultural, body, personal, massive healing, eight years is, is uh, it's, a, it's kind of a drop in the bucket, right? If we're looking at mm-hmm. <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of years of, of being pushed around. Um, but it's 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 a lot of life, right? Like there's a lot of life in that time. Right. Um, so, so I would love to just kind of hear like what are some of the things that you've learned and that you you want other people to to receive, you know? What do you – you get it. You get well, it. Well, yeah, I, I get it. Um Oh, one thing I have learned is, well, number one, that I have to be in control of my own body. Yes. And I have to be in control of my own body. Thank you. And the control of my own body is me, is is up to me, not anyone else. Anyone else shouldn't have uh, say so about my body. And before I before I get it, if, if it's okay, Sophia. So within those eight years, Please. in eight years, and and two um, buried babies. Mm. And when I say uh, buried babies, I did not carry um, babies to term. But in in two thousand and twelve, I suffered from an ectopic pregnancy. And then in 2020, a uh, COVID year, oh, <laughs> just, just a few months ago, not even a year ago, I um, experienced my second loss of a baby. The one in 2012, um, what had happened was the birth control that I was using, it caused scarring in my fallopian tubes. Um, Cause what the Mirena does, it works two ways. It releases hormones. That's one way um, to keep you from getting pregnant. And then the second way is it's made in the shape of a T. So it builds like a wall so that the sperm cannot enter. So the chemicals um, cause scarring in my fallopian tubes. Like if you could open up my tube it looked like craters oh. along the, the the tube. And so what happened was when I became pregnant, the baby did not make it through the tube, but instead settled in the crater and started to form. And I was unaware 
Um, and it's the story is, I guess, impeccable. I was experiencing pain on December 12th, 2012. So mm-hmm. all you numerology people, that's 12, 12, 12. 12, 12. <laughs> um, I was experiencing very, very um, tough pain. I couldn't even walk. And my husband was like, we got to go to the emergency room. Went to the emergency room, found this information out. And that was now the birth control was me. I did that. I stopped, you know, my cycle. Like I said, I suppressed and suffocated, you know, my menstrual flow. And that was the first thing I did where I did not have control. You know, I made the choice, but the IUD was stopping that process. So when my husband, fast forward 2012, my husband and I were at the emergency room. We were told immediately that the baby, my fallopian tube had ruptured and that I was going to die if they did not go ahead and do surgery and remove the baby as well as the tube. In that moment, it might've been like the worst of my life because I did not have a choice or I did have a choice. It was like yeah. either both of you die yeah. or both of you die. And wow. it was like, at that point I had waited five years, you know, cause at that time my husband and I were, were married Well, my, my boyfriend we were then married. So it was like, it was so exciting. You know, I'm pregnant now I'm pregnant. Oh. This is something I don't have to hide anymore. You know, I can be fully, you know, present and people were excited. It was different from the, the, the other two times. And so that excitement, it was then just, just snatched and I didn't have a choice. And I just, it was, it was very, very horrific. And then after the procedure, what made it more horrific was that um, the nurse approached me and asked me if I had any questions. And I think my first question was, um, what happened to my baby Yeah. as far as the disposal I wanted to know. Um, she told me, she was like, we have a, a procedure of how we um, dispose of it. And I was like, okay, I was content with that. And then she moved past the questioning to tell me, she was like, she was like, but it's okay, good. She's like, your stomach looks flat still. You don't have to worry about that. And in my mind, I'm like, oh. how can you even talk about the appearance of my, the outer appearance of my body and my, my soul and my inside is suffering, you know? Um, then to add insult to injury, I had to recover in the hospital for five days. That particular hospital decided it was a good idea to put me in recovery on the maternity ward. Oh my God. And um, so for five days, I'm um, on the maternity ward. At nighttime, when all of my visitors have left, I'm listening to babies crying. Um, I was also instructed to um, do several walks around the floor um, just to get my body back. Right. And I was, as I'm walking, you know, throughout the day, I'm approached by questions like, oh, what did you have? Right. Um, because everyone's... And then confusion when I follow it with nothing. Right. Um, so 
Another thing that I have learned is mm-hmm. I will never, ever take my pregnant self <laughs> to another hospital. Um, next pregnancy I experience will be with a doula. Mm-hmm. Um, I will have an at-home birth. I will not have any type of medications because there is a system that happens um, in healthcare where I did not feel like I had any type of support, yeah. um, any type of care, any type of concern, any type of knowledge, any type of awareness, any type of control that I don't want to ever experience again. Yeah. So that's, that's the second thing that I, that I, that I have learned and what I want to share. Um, there's so much incorrectness in that so much. <laughs> so much so much devastation in that and at the time I was uh 26 25 26 that you is... know that's that's very that's whew, it's detrimental um it's yes yeah so uh so as we you know as I that was I, okay so then I'm like okay this is something I'm not doing ever again I'm not doing this again yeah so then it was um let me look at what I'm you know eating because that can assist me in starting because because I've now at this point I have done the damage with putting the IUD and then now I'm down to one fallopian tube you know so my chances of 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 conceiving or even you know that's part of my reproductive system so I mean if I was born with both of them I'm pretty sure you know it's a necessity for both of them to be there so you know I don't like that whole well you don't you only need one you can still do one but you know what's the connection what's the there's a spiritual connection there's a like my body is missing something so I gotta work extra hard and so I of course the first thing that I did was I did change my diet I took fast foods out of my diet. Um, I do eat out. I just don't eat fast food. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go to your McDonald's, your Burger King's, your, um, I did occasionally go to Chick-fil-A because let's be honest, that's not fast food. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I, 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 I don't eat fast food. My husband is an awesome cook. And so he cooks and then we we take the opportunities to eat at restaurants, um, typically restaurants that have to discard their food at the end of the day. So we're not really stuck with those processed foods. Um, I, I took that out. I did that and I still kind of struggled with a cycle. I would have a cycle, have it consistent for about five months and then it would disappear. Um, a lot of things I took into consideration was um, stress you know how how am I feeling you know I losing um a baby at the time I I was carrying I was I was two months pregnant but sometimes people don't consider that losing the baby but I'm like yes I carried life and that life did not come to fruition so I, I did lose it but I don't believe it to have put me in a state of loss um, there, I know I, I grieved really heavy for like a week 
And then after that week, I just began to just thank God because I knew I would be given um, other opportunities. And so that's how I, that's something else I learned um, that just because something is denied or something is taken or something is, it isn't a yes, it doesn't mean that it can't ever be. So I just continued to push. Uh, I, in 2018, discovered some information about sanitary napkins and the chemicals that were put in the napkins. Yeah. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Kidding me. Like how how is this how is this okay? Like and just to give some context to it, there are companies that are allowed. There are companies that make feminine products, and we're talking about specifically pads, liners, and tampons for this. There are companies that are allowed to use a chemical that elongates the, the cycle. Over time, the more you use these products, it's going to make that cycle longer. Okay. And I know people, I've heard people, and even myself, I've had typically used to a five day cycle, and then that five day cycle turning into a seven day cycle. And it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, why the change? And I mean, this has been consistent with them for like 20 years. And then it's like, okay. I've been using this product and now my cycle is longer and they are allowed to do this and they do it because, okay, if you have a longer cycle, then you have to use these products more. Not only does it cause you to have a longer cycle, but it also causes it to be heavier. And I'm like, you have to be kidding me. And this is why, this is one reason why I have hygiene because it's like stuff like this that people are not aware of. And even though I would like to go out and just do a revolt on these products, you know, I'm like, okay, I have my place, but I may can't, I may not be able to stop what's happening, but I can get, I can redirect that into something positive over here. So that's, I started in 2018. That's when I became aware of those products. Um, and I started using products that I saw in the stores but that I read about and they did not have those same toxins I started doing that and then when this year came I um I well not this year in 2020 that's when I experienced my I became pregnant again overjoyed excited because at that point it had been eight years since I was pregnant um, before and I, there was the part of me that didn't really feel pregnant. Mm -hmm. I knew that I was because I had the positive test, but I just, I didn't feel the same. Um, I was at work one day and went to the bathroom and I saw very minimal spotting. Like it wasn't, it was just very faint pink and it was like one little spot. And I called my husband and I told him, I said, um, I just went to the bathroom and I noticed a very, very tiny spot, not even the size of the tip of my finger. He said, I'm coming to get you. We're going to the emergency room. Hmm. 
And in my mind, I was like, well, I don't know if it's that, you know, I'm just letting you know. And then I'm scared to go to the emergency room because of my experience. And he's like, I know, but let's, I, I, I said, I'll be right there with you. Um, we have, you know, we know what to look for, what not to look for. We know what to ask. We know how to have control. So right. I think it's okay. We get there and I find, found out that my, I was experiencing a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And um, this was traumatizing because I, for anyone that has miscarried before, I thought a miscarriage was immediate. Turns out it can happen over a course of four days, yeah. two weeks, yeah. or a month. And basically what I had to do for the next four days was continue going to the hospital so they could check my H. CG levels, which is the levels in the blood that determines whether or not you are um, carrying a baby, just to check because over time it would decrease if I was in fact miscarrying. And it did. And that right there to just continue going back like, okay, Mm. we haven't completely, okay, come back tomorrow. And so that part was uh, almost in my mind, it was worse than before. Um, But the thing about 2021. So this is something else that I, that I, that I learned and kind of adapted, but I tell people when they ask, you know, when 2021 came from 2020 is like, okay, there was a question on social media and it was like, you know, what was the best thing that happened to you in 2020? And my answer was that I got pregnant. And for any, for when I responded on that post, a lot of people were aware that I lost that baby. So they were kind of confused. And I was like, well, what you guys don't understand was I got pregnant. Right. You know, and just the fact that I got pregnant, it means I can get pregnant again. Mm -hmm. And there's just that hope there. And so it's almost like the thing I lost in 2020, I also gained, Mm. um, um, or the experience that I lost, there was still a gain in that because there was hope. There's still hope. So that's something else that I have taken and that I have uh, have adapted. Um, So other than diet, um, just having strength, but not that whole, I gotta be strong type thing because I have my moments. Um, In 2020, I have about six or seven family members that um, became pregnant out of the six or seven, about one of them wanted to the other five or six did not and have openly said several times how they can't stand their own kids and how they would never get pregnant again. That hit me hard because I'm like, okay, God, here I am, mm-hmm. a willing vessel mm-hmm. to lend my vagina mm-hmm. <laughs> to create this life for you. And you give it to someone who wants to abuse it. In my mind, that was how I thought. Mm, that was painful. that was my that was me. But again, I I have my moments. I have my moments when I cry. My husband is there to support me. But I also am able to move through the moments with hope because. Um, I know that I'm going to get pregnant again one day. I know I am. Um, it's just a matter of when, but I know it's all in, in, in the timing of, of when it's right. But until then, I'm just making sure that um, so the vagina is, is like a mouth. 
okay and 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 when I say it's like a mouth besides the fact that it looks like a mouth but when we when we feed ourselves we feed ourselves through our mouths the vagina is the same way Mm -hmm. my part in this community right now is educating people about what they're feeding the vagina and so by feeding it's what are you it's not always what we're putting in the mouth that's connected to the head so it's not always the foods that we're eating but it's what we're feeding the vagina from the bottom up and so you know a lot of like silk underwear the 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 silks the silk fabric has chemicals that aren't safe for us. So it's better to use cotton. Um, It's better to use cotton products. Um, I know a lot of women um, now are using reusable pads, you know, all cotton, all natural reusable pads. That's a very, very safe way. Um, The reason I preach so much about these products is because along with the IUD that I was using, we also found that, I was starting to develop cysts that um, were benign, but could have been cancerous from the carcinogens, from the brands of products that had the toxins. So that's just something I I really want to enforce is like, what are you washing with? How do you clean your vagina? Um, There's a company that I see on Facebook and women like are gung-ho over their products. I don't know if I can say the name or not say the name, like, but they make, this company makes washes, lotions, very well known for candles. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) just going to put that out there. Uh Um, But like, are we putting that on our vagina? Are we, do we know what's in those things? Do we know what causes the smells to be so grand? And yeah, this is something that, you know, it smells good, but it's like the worst for your vagina. Like, I'm, and when I say the worst, yeah. I mean, the worst is, is those products are worse than the sanitary napkins, than right. the tampons. Right. But I see, and it, it really, it bothers me. Well, they're all, they're, they're, liquid, they're, you know, and the, the vagina is actually, so when you talk about the vagina being a mouth, the tissue in the vagina is also like the mouth. We secrete, yeah. but we also absorb, you know, yes. so it's, it's, it's a highly absorbent area of the body. We can actually dose ourselves similar the way that you, people can take, um, medications through the anus or through the vagina you can absorb into your bloodstream into your body and and then also of course directly into the tissues themselves right like a topical Mm -hmm. application all of those things so yeah and then being water soluble right if things are in a liquid form um the 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 coating the depth the amount of exposure is um even more so than say a solid object that's fumigating or rubbing Mm -hmm. or you know so yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. We'll just kind of those little short breaths that we're taking right now. Yep. That's a thing. That's a thing. Yep. It um, is a thing. And I love what I love about your packaging of Hygiene is that there's a lot of people that are interested in doing this differently or open to doing it differently, but A, don't know how 
or people because I'm a huge like what do I need to douche for like I'm a wild beast right like I'm like that's Mm -hmm. good like my body smells the way it smells because the right aligned lovers will think that I smell like the best thing in the world right like it's information Uh (laughs) wisdom it's like it's not a problem you know as long as I'm clean and healthy there's you know smells or 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 discharge or things like that are not um, contradictory to healthy and well-being and yet yes like that's where I am right but there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. who want to do it healthy but are not quite ready to step all the way out of cultural norms around uh, care or things like that and so to have products that are safer for people who want to have that kind of it's like for those it's I feel like everybody who's listening to this show probably knows this but maybe not and if you don't it's it's okay it's not a joke like the vagina is a self-cleaning organ like you Mm -hmm. don't need to clean inside like you don't need to clean inside and when things are out of balance you can use treatments inside but that's different than kind of regularly cleaning inside um and so learning that i just love that there's such a way of this this packaging it has that for people that are still in a place of discreet right they're not trying to like like i will like walk into a herbal store now and talk to like a person who is like male presenting and be like I'm looking for these four menstrual related things. You know what I mean? Like that full <laughs> voice for anyone to hear me. But I recognize that like that's not how everybody's moving through the world. And that's, o- that's okay, right? And so being uh-huh. able to have it be accessible, easy, and having the spectrum of um, things so that you can, you know, you can have that kind of care. That's, um, I love it. I love it. I love it. It mm-hmm. feels really accessible. One of the things that I often... Um, I don't know, wonder about myself is like, am I too far out there so that I lose a lot of people that are like, well, I can't, I can't even take a step in that direction because I'll, I'm not going to be her, you know? Um, and so I yeah. love, I love, I love things that are, um, a, a thing that people can really take a step towards without needing to think they need to become like covered in dirt and having sex with like eight people while we like make prayers <laughs> to the trees. I'm like, that's a great way to spend a day, but like you also can like also just like not use carcinogenic uh, douches, right? Like there's a sp- right. like it's like I really it's like whatever floats your boat and uh, taking care of your body being this a restoration, moving out of a wounding into a balanced place so that you can then do whatever you want want to do with your vagina you know um in that Mm -hmm. like whatever 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 that is so I don't know exactly how I got there but yeah just that I I I know you're fine I get it (laughs) it's important I really you were talking you were talking about the things that are in these products and why it's important to be aware you know I always said this I've always loved health food stores um, because the, especially like the mom and pop, uh, health food stores have always like, it's such a relief for me to be able to walk into a place and know that I could buy anything off the shelf and it wouldn't, it's not going to actively hurt me. And like the, I think, it's, I think it can be intense for people to recognize how unsafe, um, uh, mainstream products can be for our body right? It's scary to kind of really look at that and go like, what do you mean this is going to damage me even a little bit or a lot of it? Like, it's scary to admit that. Um, and, and so I just want to say like, that's part of this, like, yeah, that's, we're doing, we're doing what we can to shift that as a collective, right? So that you don't have to just go 
to here or just go there to have things that are safe like hopefully they're all they're all going to move into that safe realm and as we make that choice as a collective we do that with our wallets with our what we buy where we the choices that we make and we have to educate each other to get there that's like absolutely what we're what we're doing and what we need to do in this time and that's so much part of that um personal power place that you were talking about yes definitely definitely it's important I wanted to say something that was a little bit uh, connecting back to your some of your personal shares around your pregnancies. Can I share some mm-hmm. things? One is I just, again, this heart feeling of just going back to this 18-year-old and this 21-year-old pregnant um, with your boyfriend who you loved and love still, now your husband, <laughs> love, yeah. um, you know, I imagine the two of you, uh, this is the same person who was there the first time you got your menarche or a different best friend? No, this is a different, well, my, my best friend is not, is not my husband. So got that it. was okay. a different person. Friend, different person. Okay. That was your best friend. And then you've got your, your boyfriend who became right. her. Okay. Cause like the, right. ti- the titles in the stories. Okay. Got it. So like your boyfriend's here and you two obviously had a profound love. Then you still have one now, a deep partnership, not just a love, but a partnership and a trust. And so I know there were so many other voices and I just want to be another voice that speaks into that moment, that 18 year old and that 21 year old and says like congratulations on your beautiful pregnancy and the potency and power of your body and the dedication and commitment in your partnership like I just I that's what I like I just look you're welcome congratulations congratulations wow (laughs) congratulations it's beautiful it's beautiful it's beautiful this idea that this world has about right order is it's uh it is it is rooted in lies that we don't need to believe anymore Mm -hmm. and and i just so i just just to celebrate the truth of like you know there you are and not just it's like there's challenges in like pregnancy and birth and partnership at 18 and 28 and 68 and 88 you know like there's no there's no perfection we're just learning and growing and so to just honor that like that's the walk that you did and and I and I think about this pregnancy journey that you've had since you've been married and I just want to just bless that notion of like these the way that people could celebrate you after being married is the is the way that I want to invite yourselves to celebrate the pregnancies that you had before you were married thank you thank you yes yeah oh this for all of you know it's like and and you're telling the story right but there are so many people that have gone through this experience you know that are like this one's good news and this one's bad news and it's like shut the fuck up like that is get out of here and real like, hard yeah. yeah real hard this is this is the <laughs> potency and the power of pleasure and beauty and children and a partnership and growth and learning that is full of brilliance and full of mistake always always you know and so the holiness and the intactness of that um yeah it feels really important to me and I feel really I feel like very honored to be able to like offer or reflect or bring that into your soundscape and into the soundscape of of my sweet listeners our sweet listeners 
today in this moment. Yeah. You have been wonderful. Thank you. Like people say words have power. Your words have so much power. Mm. Thank you, Eden. Thank you. This is powerful. (laughs) Well, we are moving towards closing. You feel it. I feel it. Listeners feel it. We're in that place. Um, I go ahead, everybody, make sure you check out the show notes. We'll throw in a link for the Vagina Museum. And we'll also definitely throw in a link link for uh, Eden Edge's Hygiene Spot. And I encourage you to go check it out for yourself and send it to your friends. Send it to your family. It's uh, the website's beautiful. It's really approachable. Um, And, uh, and it's it's an it's a really good way to shift some of those to help kind of bridge some of those people who might think we're a little weird on our out in our edges um it's it's a beautifully beautifully crafted and and curated uh resource place so we'll check all of that out is there anywhere else that you um if people want to get in touch with you or people want to follow up or connect with you is there any in particular way that you like people to find you or get in touch with you eden um, sure, they can. I also have uh, Instagram and it's at Hygiene and Hygiene is spelled H-Y-G-E-N-I-E-E. Um, so that's a great place. You can DM me or just follow me. I am not, I'm very reachable. <laughs> so, and I respond. I like interaction. I like helping people. So if you just have questions or if you just want to know information, I that's where I'll be. I also have a, a blog on the website and I try to um, blog at least once a month. I'm not a writer. I do not like writing, but I understand that there are people that need the information. So I offer it there also that I, I try to keep um, information there on my website as well. Beautiful. Awesome. And my closing question for Vagina Talks is I believe that we are all doing our part to weave and create and embody and to bring into being the world that we want uh, for our children, the world that we want for ourselves. And, uh, and I believe that you, Eden, are part of creating that world. And so I ask you, what does that world that we're looking to create look like? in its fullest embodied kind of bliss, bliss state? What's the part that you see that you know, um, that if we were to walk into that landscape, into that dream made manifest, what does it look like, sound like, what's happening? What do you know about where we're going, what we're building? I see connection. Mm. Um, I see connection. I see uh, I think it's, uh, it's visualize the chain link, specifically of women. Um, Jesus, I'm sorry, there's, <laughs> there's a, 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 a moment right there, but I, I we're, we're disconnected. Um, I think the whole, when we go back to the original, you know, statement in this conversation with the vagina being where um, life enters and exits. When there is a disconnect there, we are disconnected. And when we're disconnected from ourselves, we're disconnected from each other. And then it just, it's a domino effect. And I see with this information, with the information that you're giving, 
the information that anyone is giving on the health of vagina and how to you know get back to that place where there is a connection and there is a uh, healthy flow, then we will be more in tune with ourselves, to be more in tune with others, to be more connected. Love it. I'm there. I'm here for it. As you were speaking, I was reminded of one more teaching that came in that feels really ripe in this moment as we talk about this restoration of body and and connection, connection to ourselves, connection with one another, connection to to this world. And that is um, Tammy Kent, um, one of my teachers, she's done a lot of the pelvic floor, she's done a lot of pelvic floor work. One of the things that she does with people is help people get that energetic, that soul connection that you talked about with their body when a body part has been um, uh, removed. If someone only has um, one ovary or they don't no longer have a womb, that we energetically still have that, that we don't have to lose that in our energy body, in our in our flow, in our presence, that soul energy, that we can have that soul energy. And so I also want to really name those people who have that soul energy inside their body who may not have all of those physical organs. So those people that have had confirmation surgery and so they have a vagina and the ovaries and the womb that are inside their body are energetically there and they may not be there physically and they're there and that we get to or people who feel their vagina or all the ways in which people or those who have vaginas on the inside don't menstruate and feel their womb on the outside the sanctity and the care in all of the configurations in all of the different configurations and in all of the ways that these energies and that life force is yes we talked a lot about pregnancy and birth and babies and the truth of that and the power of that and I'm in my own awe of that right now with new humans entering my life and also the power of creation and life force that in my deepest heart, there's no hierarchy of that and that the gateway of intake and outtake of life force and creation that comes through vagina, that comes through the energetic womb that can be the physical womb or beyond the physical womb. That's this, the the part that I'm weaving and seeing in this place that we're going is the sanctity, the wholeness, and the care in all the configurations and all the constellations of the many ways in which we have these generative bodies where we have genitals in different forms and energies in different forms, but they're cared for and the body is cared for and the energy is cared for. And so the life that we receive and the life that we create is caring cared for and absolutely echoing like rooted in that place of connection yes wonderful Eden thank you so 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 much for joining us today what a journey we've been on thank you everybody you're I want welcome you, thank you so much thank you thank you thank you ah oh. Everybody, I got excited. You were saying thank you. I just, okay, take 
care of yourselves. We took a journey. If you felt feelings, then you felt feelings, which means energy is moving. You are healing. So I invite you to drink water, eat nourishing food, take a walk, take deep breaths, do what you need to take care of yourself. Call up a friend, talk about what you felt or experienced, write a letter, and please take a snapshot of this episode tag me in it or send me a DM as well. Let me know if there's anything that came up that you want to know more about or had feelings about. I'd be happy to hear from you. Oh, sweet darling dears. Thank you. May we just absolutely continue to emerge into a world of well-being in our bodies, in our hearts, and with one another. Take care. Lots and lots of love. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sophia. (laughs) Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episodes will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it. And share the love with a rate or review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at SophiaWiseOne uh, or come to my website, SophiaWiseOne.com. I am Sophia Wise One, daughter of the wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. If you think this podcast is the bee's knees and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash Sophia Wise One or through my website, sophiawiseone.com. Oh. <laughs> Y'all know you need to hear that though. You know. If you don't know, now you know. If you don't know. Okay. Yo, I'm so excited about Vagina Talks right now. Don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Don't pretend like you don't know. You know.